looking in the book of 2 John, 2 John, and we're going to begin reading in verse 6. The uh, title of the message is, This is Antichrist. And out of uh, 2 John, uh, verse 6 and following. But while you're opening your Bible up there, while you're getting ready for the preaching, here's some announcements. I'll make these announcements uh, now and I'll, at the end of the service, I'll make them again. Uh, starting this next Sunday, March the 7th, we're getting open back up again uh, to somewhat normalcy anyway. But remember, this Sunday coming up, March the 7th, uh, 9 a.m. will be in-person worship, uh, also live stream, and we'll also have children's church. Uh, so that will be getting going uh, this next Sunday on March the 7th. The other thing is it's the first Sunday of the month, so we'll be having communion together. If you're in person or if you have uh, juice and wafers at home, and uh, you certainly can take of uh, uh, communion together with us while we're live streaming. So 9 a.m. in person, live, and also children's church. At 10.30, we'll be in person uh, worship only. So you can come at 10.30. Uh, 4.30, here's a special announcement. At 4.30 in the afternoon, we're going to have choir practice. So if you used to be in the choir or you like to be in the choir, uh, I don't know where to have a choir, or whether we'll have an ensemble or whether we just have a solo, me singing, I don't know. But we're going to meet at 4.30 for choir practice. And then 5.30 will be our discussion panel and then 6 o'clock, which a discussion panel will be in person and also live stream. Uh, and then at 6 o'clock, we'll be in person worship and live stream. And so we're getting back to our regular schedule that we had established. Uh, another thing here is just when you come in the church, we're asking you to please be sure to wear masks, do the social distancing thing, make sure you keep your hands washed and sanitized and all that. We want to make sure that we do the best that we can to uh, have a safe, healthy environment, and uh, we're desiring for you to be back in church. And so uh, uh, make plans to be here this next Sunday. It'll be an exciting time. This whole COVID thing, it was a year ago when they shut us down. And so we've been dealing with these issues for a whole year now. Uh, we want to get moving, amen, and start uh, doing ministry effectively and strongly. And I know God will bless us and help us in that process, okay? So, this is our message. This is Antichrist, Second uh, John, verse 6. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, uh, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come unto you and bring, I'm sorry, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. 
For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together this morning uh, here in church and certainly in live stream. And we're thankful for the word of God. It's precious. Uh, it's very powerful. Uh, it's a life-changing book. And we're thankful for uh, the things that we can find that you have uh, recorded for us to read, to know about uh, the days in which we live. I pray that you'd help us to understand this concept of the spirit of Antichrist and, Lord, how it permeates our world in which we live. Uh, and the sad thing is it seems to be manipulating and controlling even our thought, a process. And so, Lord, help us to surrender our lives anew to you. Help us to uh, be committed to our Savior. And I would pray if there's anyone listening uh, live stream that uh, has never been saved, uh, they never truly have trusted Christ. Uh, they need to realize that if they're not in Christ, then they're in this world and they're a part of this uh, antichrist uh, spirit and, and uh, philosophy that bears up in this world. And so, Lord, I pray that you just speak to hearts this morning, convict us and move upon us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text verse is verse 7 says, for many deceivers are entered into the world uh, who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Now, John, as he writes this, it's important to know in verse 6 when he talks about the love of God and defining what the love of God is. The love of God is us walking in his commandments uh, he wants to assure the believers the reason why he's emphasizing walking in the commandments of God is because there's many deceivers that have come into the world. And uh, John in his day had to deal with many, many deceivers and false prophets and false teachers in the church. And if he had to deal with that in the first century of the church history, then so much the more we must deal with it in the world in which we live. And so notice in 1 John chapter 3, we'll just look at a few statements that John makes in reference to false teachers and deceivers. Uh, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8, uh, he goes on to say, Little children, let no man deceive you. Uh, he that hath, uh, I'm sorry, he that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So very clearly John is confronting uh, the believers there to really acknowledge the fact you're not righteous because you say you're righteous. You're righteous because you do righteousness. And yet they would allow the devil to tempt them and allow the devil to cause them to commit sin. And uh, the devil manipulates people and controls people because he's a liar, promises all kinds of things uh, for pleasure, when in reality it's just the working of the flesh and causing you to sin. And so he says, listen, little children, you need to re realize there's many deceivers that are coming into this world. Uh, and they are, listen, they are the instrument of Satan to destroy your soul. 
Notice in John, 1 John, I'm sorry, chapter 4 in verse 1. Verse 1 through 3 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Sad thing is, I've seen a lot of Christians fall in this trap just because somebody says they're a Christian or somebody says that they're a Christian organization, you just go whole hog and following after them when they're violating every commandment that God has outlined. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby ye, I'm sorry, hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye had heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. And so the, try the spirits. Uh, just because somebody's talking about God and just because somebody talks about Jesus Christ does not mean they are of God. They must believe that Jesus Christ was God in the flesh, born of a virgin. Uh, he dwelt on, amongst the, on this earth completely blameless, completely sinless, died on the cross for us to be saved. He shed his blood on Calvary. And through our faith in what Christ did on Calvary, we are born again and we are made new creatures in Christ and we have eternal life. And if anyone denies any aspect of that process or that experience is an antichrist. Now, folks don't want to say, you know, you shouldn't get hard on people about that. Well, John certainly is not mixing any words about it. So why should we mix words about it? 1 John chapter 5 and verse 2. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God is come, and hath given us an understanding, that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. And then in 3 John, verse 11, he says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil. But that which is good, he that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. I mean, in John, he has five little chapters in 1 John. He has one chapter in 2 John, one chapter in 3 John. And look how much the emphasis he puts on this matter of the spirit of Antichrist. Today is the message here. I'm not really going to be looking at the person of the Antichrist. In other words, who, the, who is the Antichrist? But rather, I want to focus on what John is focusing on. And he's not focusing on the individual or the person. He's dealing with the spirit of Antichrist. And it is for certain that there are many things coming into play uh, that will be used by the person of the Antichrist to be able to create a one-world government, a one-world uh, nation, if you will, to be able to control 
and take power over everyone uh, that's on the face of this earth. And how in the world, I've often look, looked at it since I've been saved. I got saved in 1979. I often thought, how in the world could that even be a, a possibility of something like that happening? Well, in the world we live in, it's very clear how it can be done. And everything is already put in motion to be able to prepare the people for the Antichrist that will rule and reign in this world. And so world domination and control is what it's all about. Spirit of Antichrist. Why? Because the world does not want God to be the one that is in control of your life. The world wants to be in control of your life. World domination and control. Oppression and destruction of believers goes along with this whole concept of a spirit of Antichrist. We see it around the world, the aggressiveness of unbelievers against those who trust Christ as their Savior. The sad thing is we're seeing it manifest itself even in a broader bolder, aggressive way continually here in America. So world domination and control, oppression and destruction of believers, ultimately demonic power. And uh, listen, the devil is a worthy adversary, as Paul would say. The devil is doing what he can to manipulate and control and destroy all that God has blessed and worked in. We often like to talk about the tribulation and the Antichrist. However, we really don't want to like, want to, or don't like to talk about the spirit of Antichrist that is all around us. Look over in Romans chapter 1 real quick. We'll come back here, keep your finger in the third uh, John. But Romans chapter 1, Paul outlines this whole spirit of Antichrist that develops in the world. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 22, says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You know, the devil in heaven falsely uh, stood up and thought he was, had all wisdom and thought that he could receive all glory and uh, declared that he would be like God and he would receive worship and praise, but God cast him out of heaven. Man lives his life in the same way. He tries to profess himself wise and intellectual about things. And every time he opens his mouth, when he departs from the biblical principles that are set forth in the word of God, he shows himself to be a fool. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And here it is. Here's how it manifested itself in verse 23. And changed the glory of God. Uh, um, I'm sorry, change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change their natural use into that which is against nature. 
And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their heir, uh, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death and not only, not, and not only do they the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. I mean, you talk about a gross departure from all that God is and all that is holy and that all that is righteous. It develops through the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of refusing to acknowledge God and refusing to surrender your life to God. And as a result of it, you live your life in a way that you think is full of wisdom and blessings, but is corrupt and it's destructive. So John says, for many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So that's our first point in verse 7. When we think about this is antichrist, it's a deceiver. An antichrist is someone who deceives others. And uh, it's, he has, a deceiver has a designed plan. As John says, many deceivers are entered into the world. And he has a designed plan based on the fact that the devil is a liar. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 44 that the devil was a liar right from the beginning. And uh, what he has done, he has duped people in thinking that man has a better way of living apart from the righteousness and the holiness of God. The devil tricks you in thinking that you don't need church. I'm going to tell you right now, that's why when this whole pandemic started, this whole COVID-19 started, and different uh, people in leadership started stating that the church is not necessary, it's not an essential part of people's lives, that was a lie out of the pits of hell. That was a lie that was generated by Satan himself but, and used a deceiver to rob people of the joy of gathering together and worshiping God. And uh, we, we need to acknowledge what is going on in the world and we are, we are watching people being manipulated and used in deception to get control over people. So the devil's a liar. Uh, dealing with liars. You know, God will deal with liars. In uh, Revelation chapter 21, in uh, verse 8, it says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars 
shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And so there is a design plan that the devil has orchestrated on mankind to get man to reject their God. You know, Satan came to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. The very first thing he did was, yea, hath God said. And it's just always amazing to me how the world always wants to question what the Bible has to say. Always wants to question, oh, well, why, oh, you're a Christian. Why do you live that way? Oh, does the Bible say that? Oh, how archaic is that book and everything? The devil is a liar. He is a plan laid out. And I'm going to tell you, you allow him to deceive you and cause you to become a part of the lying plan that he has laid out. Uh, you're just as guilty as he is. And so it's a deceiver is a spirit of Antichrist because his plan is designed to oppose everything that God is. And so we see a design plan. Another thing with a deceiver, we see a determined position because verse 7 it says, for many deceivers are going out in the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. And so a determined position is just simply this, being a decisive, a decisive decision. Uh, in John 1, 11 says, Jesus came to his own, but his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them it gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So it is a decisive decision. A person doesn't slide into deciding, I don't want anything to do with God. A person doesn't just all of a sudden trip into the concept that I, I'm just going to deny that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. No, you have succumbed to the lie that the devil has given and you have determined in your heart and in your life that you're going to live in rejection of the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It is a decisive decision. People say, I can't believe a loving God would send people to hell. Uh, you're right, a loving God doesn't send people to hell. He sent Jesus to die on the cross so that you can believe on Christ and you can escape the torments of hell. But I'll guarantee you this, when you reject Jesus Christ, uh, you, you don't have God on your side. You don't have the mercy of God extended towards you. You can't enjoy the love of God if you deny and refuse to confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. It's a decisive decision that sets your life, your feet, on a path that goes down the way of destruction. So it's not only is it a decisive decision, but it's a destructive decision. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, I, I read a survey, uh, I think it was last week, I was working on some notes for this message and things, and I read a survey that said this, that eight children, young people aged 16 to 29, <clears throat> young people ages 16 to 29 were polled, and out of that group, 44% of them believed that socialism would be better than capitalism. 
44%. Now, my question is this. Where did they get it? Where did they get the idea that socialism is better than capitalism? Did they get it because of some zealous teacher in their classroom? Did they get it because a curriculum that is designed to so corrupt their thinking process? Uh, they certainly didn't come up with that thought process on their own, but there are deceivers that have manipulated the minds of our children to think that a way of socialism is better than what God is, gave us to live and enjoy prosperity and blessings here in America through capitalism. That same group, 16 to 29-year-olds, was surveyed. 44% said they preferred socialism. 7% of them chose communism. Uh, you know, I remember growing up, of course, I'm a product of uh, the 50s. I came through the 60s. Uh, I remember all the struggles and all the stands and all the battles and everything else to fight against communism. I remember what communism was doing to people. And we, ha we have 7% of our young people in America that think that communism, when you add them together, you have over 50% of our young people age 16 to 29 who are against what we are as a nation against capitalism and the process of the government that we have, uh, it's a pretty sad state of affairs. There is some deception that has created that thought process in our children. This is Antichrist. You know, in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 said, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I heard a teacher a couple weeks ago said this, that, uh, here I, somewhere in New Jersey, I forget what town she was from, uh, that uh, the children in her community had only been in school 15 days so far this year. And I thought to myself, what a shame. Why are we allowing deceivers to rob our children of an education? Well, you can't put them in school. Our school's been operating fine. Oh, all the deceivers that come along and say, well, wait a minute, you, you, they don't have to be in school. They can do distance learning. Listen, I, I ain't seen a teenager yet sit at a computer all day and do distance learning. How, how foolish. Professing yourself to be wise, you became a fool. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou should be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of God, I will also forget thy children. Now I'm going to tell you something, that social ills and problems that our children have, we have brought them upon them ourselves. And so because people have made a determined position to refuse Christ. They have had a determined position that they're going to reject God. And they're not going to raise their children in the scriptural things. And they're going to live their life based upon the deceiver. So not only do we see a design plan, a determined position, 
But we see a deliberate purpose because he says in verse 7, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. A deliberate purpose. There, listen, be aware of this. There is a purpose behind every decision that is made in our society. There is a purpose behind every decision that you make in your life. Here's just a few thoughts of things just recently went on. We know that New Jersey just legalized marijuana, which I think is the stupidest decision anybody would ever make. They just legalized marijuana, but that's not the stupidity because it goes beyond that. They legalized marijuana, but if children who are underage, who are not legally able to take marijuana and smoke it or whatever, if any children under age get caught smelling like marijuana and marijuana on them or whatever, the police officer is not even allowed to tell the parents. And if he does, he's in danger of being arrested and charged with criminal charges. Cannot inform them. When Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. You say, well, we're talking about legalizing marijuana. Yeah, but the same requirements for not informing parents and not arresting the child, it goes for alcohol also. Now, listen, I've been with people who have died of cirrhosis of the liver because of drinking alcohol. I've been in the homes where drugs abound and where alcohol flows and see the suffering of the children not having food and not having clothes and not being taken care of because their mom and their dad is consumed with alcohol and drugs. Anybody, any, listen, anybody, I mean anybody, thinks that they can, it is a good thing for our children to take and smoke marijuana and to drink alcoholic beverages that is a deceiver and an antichrist. Because God said we're to be filled with the Spirit of God, not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. But you say, no, I'm going to live my life as I please. There's nothing wrong with the marijuana. There's nothing wrong with the drugs. There's nothing wrong with the alcohol. Well, I'm here to tell you there is something wrong, and it's being driven by an antichrist. Our schools have been closed. Schools are closed supposedly for the safety of the children when all studies show that the children don't get COVID like adults do and children don't spread COVID like adults do. All the studies have shown that. But, oh, we can't open up schools. Oh, we just rejoice. We just rejoice that this uh, stimulus package has just been passed by the Congress, $2 trillion to be able to help the schools and help people in need and help people with their finances. And the, listen, what has been approved in the bill for education cannot even be used until next year. And then you add up the amount of money, billions of dollars that are being sent to countries overseas. But here we're going to give you $600. 
Here, we'll give you 14. It's been one year. What person can save their house on a check for $1,400 after they haven't been able to pay their mortgage for a year? I'm telling you, we're living in a life of stupidity. We're living in a life of such ignorance, it's ridiculous. Here's a spirit of Antichrist. Police are crooked and need to be defunded. When in Romans chapter 13, God's very clear that the police officers are there for the punishment of evildoers. Now, I don't care. I don't care what race you are. I don't care what financial condition you're in. I don't care what power you have or a lack of it. I don't care if you commit a crime, you're to be arrested. We support the police officers. We're thankful for the men and women that protect us and for those that stand up for that which is right. <clears throat> I was watching Senator Rand Paul questioning Rachel Levin. She's nominated, now get this, she's nominated to be the Assistant Secretary of Health in America. One of the ones, uh, President uh, Biden has uh, uh, presented her, nominated her for that position. And Senator Rand Paul was questioning her, and here's uh, two questions that he asked her to answer. She said this, do you believe that minors are capable of making such a life-changing decision as changing one's sex? She refused to answer. He asked her this, do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give the child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery? She would not answer it. But she's been nominated. She's been nominated to be the Assistant Secretary of Health in the United States of America. This is a woman that believes that minors should be told that if they want a sex change, they can have it. Are we going mad in America? This is a spirit of Antichrist. So, deceivers. Let me get to the second point. Discernment. Notice in verse 8. says, look to yourselves. He stated about the love of God and keeping the commandments of God. Those that refuse to acknowledge Christ is a deceiver and an antichrist. So the conclusion is this, or the ongoing thought process is this. Look to yourselves. That we lose not the things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Discernment. So he says, look to yourselves. It means to have self-examination. Uh, I know this. You need to, to examine yourself, whether you're in the faith or not. You need to examine yourself in reference to your life, how you're living, whether you're responding to a spirit of antichrist or whether you're living according to the word of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5 says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith, Prove your own selves. Know ye not 
your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobates. Discernment. Uh, it is high time for America to start developing discernment. Christians, you need to have discernment. You need to be able to look at the world through the lens of the Bible. You need to have a biblical worldview and stop being intimidated by a world that is full of deception and corruption and start acknowledging the fact that what works in life is the word of God and the grace of Jesus Christ, self-examination. Not only self-examination, but we see personal loss. Because he says, look to yourselves, that's personal uh, examination, that we lose not those things which we have wrought. So that's personal loss. Do we want to lose what we've had? Do we want to lose what we've been able to enjoy? You know, they just passed in the Congress the Equality Act. Um, it's for the purpose of limiting discrimination against the LGBTQ community, but more so it's focused on protecting for protection for the transgender. Uh, you know, boys uh, in this law, in this bill they passed, boys who say they are girls and say they are transgender are going to compete with your girls. Now, moms, dads, you have a young lady, you have a daughter, who's sports, involved with sports, who's very highly competitive, uh, who may be, you know, on the winning side. Now she's going to have to compete with boys because they say, I'm a, I'm a girl. You better protect what you had. So are we just going to go ahead and throw away the girls because the boys are going to outdo them? The other problem with this Equality Act, there's nothing equal in it about anything. There's no provision for churches and religious organizations to be exempt from the requirements that are in this Equality Act. That's setting up a stage uh, that's going to be a powerful struggle when it comes to living out your Christian life, operating your Christian school, uh, functioning as a church, uh, living according to the Bible uh, when it goes directly against the things that are provided for in the Equality Act. The other thing that this Equality Act does is it overrides the protections in the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993. Uh, President Bill Clinton signed that into law and that was a good law because it protected religious freedom. Now, first of all, Amendment 1 of the Constitution declares that we have freedom of religion. The government cannot control, manipulate, do anything uh, in our means of worship. And I don't care if they pass these acts or they don't pass those acts. We, in America, have religious freedom. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to be challenged. So, so 
what am I saying? I'm saying this is a spirit of antichrist. This is a spirit of deception because they present it as one thing and the reality is it's something completely different. You know, in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27 it says, So God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. There are two genders. There's not multiple genders. There's two. It's male and female. Then verse 31, it says, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. People say, well, I'm a boy, but I feel like I'm a girl. No, God created you exactly what he wants you to be. And you, as a direct creation of God, as a male or as a female, are a good creation. And so God determines what the gender is. It's male and female. Discernment. We're going to need discernment on how you're going to deal with these issues. How are you going to deal with it? Your son comes home and says, I want to be a girl. How are you going to deal with it when your daughter is in a uh, competition with her school or whatever and some boy beats her out because he says, I'm a girl? How are you going to deal with it when your daughter has to go into the bathroom and boys are going to go into the bathroom with her? How are you going to deal with it? I'm telling you right now, we are losing what we've had because Christians have not had a spirit of discernment to be able to speak up and confront these issues in what's going on in the world that we live in. This is a spirit of Antichrist. So self-examination, personal loss, but then desired reward. Notice in verse 8 he says, but that we receive a full reward. And so these are, we cannot compromise who we are. And uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse 16, the Apostle Paul is very clear that whosoever destroys the temple of God, and he describes the temple of God before he state, makes this statement, he says, ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Then he says, whosoever destroyeth the temple of God, him shall God destroy. We cannot, we cannot expect that as a nation and as a people to compromise who we are according to the word of God and think that God will not destroy us. Christians, it behooves us to grab a hold of the reward that God has us and re realize that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost and we are not to compromise who we are in how we live our life. We must be spiritual. That's why Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You say, well, how are we supposed to deal with these things? I mean, the whole world seems, well, then you'll have to be by yourself and stand on the Word of God. You're going you're gonna to have to be faithful to what God has so stated. You're going to have to be spiritual in your life. You're going to have to walk according to the commandments of God. You need, you're going you're gonna to have to. You're going to have to uh, uh, refuse to be corrupted by the deceiver and antichrist. Because if you don't, if you just allow, you just say, well, that's okay, we'll just let things go. And pretty much that's what people do. Well, you know, we just can't do anything about it. 
Uh, we'll just let it. it won't get that bad. Uh, well, sad to say, it has gotten that bad, and it's gotten worse than you ever expected it to be. So desired reward. So we see deceiver. We see discernment. And the last thought in verse 9 is doctrine. Notice in verse 9, the danger of false doctrine. Whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. This is the danger. The danger is that if you do not hold to the truths that are in the word of God, uh, John is just saying this. You can say you're a Christian all you want, but you don't have God. In John chapter 15 and verse 3, it says, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And so uh, knowing that the word of God is the one what purifies us and cleanses us. In John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And so doctrine is going to have to come from what the word of God has to say. The danger of false doctrine is it creates a false assurance. I've talked to so many people over the years about being saved and they have a false assurance. They weren't saved at all. But they think they're going to heaven because somebody had went to some big service or somebody brought them down the aisle or somebody prayed a prayer with them and said, now you're saved. And there was no conversion. There was no conviction. There was no uh, spiritual birth that took place. And as a result of it, they're living with a false assurance that they're going to heaven. I've heard people say over the years, maybe their children grow up and they're young adults and this, that, and the other. I've heard people say over the years, well, at least they're going to church. They'd be better to stay home than to go to a church that's teaching false doctrine. Because they'll be in a church that's teaching false doctrine. It's creating a false assurance uh, that is, is uh, giving them a sense of comfort and appeasement in the heart when in reality they're not right with God and they are eternally lost. Revelation 20, verse 14 and 15, death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is second death. And whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. You can go to all the church service you want. You can do all the religious things you want. You can uh, give all the money you want. You can do whatever you want to do religiously. But if you have not been born again by faith in Christ, according to what the word of God has to say, you have a false assurance and you're eternally lost. That's the danger of false doctrine. Notice in verse 9, the hope of sound doctrine. Because he says, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. But here's the other side of the issue. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. What a glorious thing to know that in Christ we have a relationship with the Father and also with the Son. John chapter 17, just read you a couple of verses here. Uh, John 17 verse 3 says, and this is life eternal that ye may know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Verse 25 and verse 26 says, O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee. Why hasn't the world known him? 
because that's the spirit of Antichrist. The world has not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in them. Uh, what I'm saying, there is hope that comes from sound doctrine. And then I see in verse 10 of our text, uh, rejection of false doctrine. It says, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. I'll tell you one of the things that really troubles my soul is in 2021 how willingly and how rapidly Christians, people who are born-again Christians, who know what the Word of God has to say, will put their faith aside just to be able to couple up with and fellowship with and be connected with people who deny Christ. And John says, you're not, you're not even to entertain them. Your job with them is to get them saved. It is not the fellowship with them. As a matter of fact, he said, if you bid them Godspeed, uh, listen, you're, you're being a partaker of what they're doing, of their evil work. And I thought of rejection of false doctrine. Rejection of false doctrine needs to be in worship. In other words, we don't just worship and embrace things that are in error just for the sake of worshiping. And so everything, the songs that we sing, the, uh, the scriptures that we read, uh, the testimonies that we have have to be in line with sound doctrine. I thought about work. It'd be it would be nice for Christians to be on the job refusing to compromise what you believe. And being a witness on that. I thought about instruction. I absolutely will not read anything that is contrary to what this Bible says. I will not go to any class that is contrary to what this Bible says. Instruction has to be according to the doctrines of Christ. And then pleasure. Uh, you know, what you do in your life and how you enjoy your life is still, you know, we do not stop being a Christian because we're out on some re recreational thing. We don't stop being a Christian because all of a sudden, well, I'm down to the beach now, so it really doesn't matter how I dress or how I act. Oh, well, you know, I'm uh, hanging out with some friends of mine, so it really doesn't matter. I know they all cuss and they carry on, they drink, but I don't do those things. But I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to get them upset. No, in pleasure. You need to reject false doctrine and stand on the doctrines of Christ. You say, well, my goodness gracious. Well, I'm going to tell you why. Because many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Our world is filled with antichrist. We in America are being overrun with deception and the spirit of Antichrist. It'll be easy for the Antichrist to set up his rule and his reign. It'll be easy 
for one world government to be established. It'll be easy because I already see people are ready for it. I'm thinking about preaching a message entitled, We're Sheep Being Led to the Slaughter. And that's exactly what we have become. We've allowed the deception that is in this world to manipulate, intimidate, and control everything we are and how we do, what we do, and how we interact. And it is a shame. It is time for Christians to start identifying this is Antichrist. And I'm not going to have any part of it. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. This is Antichrist. You're not going to teach that to my children. You're not going to teach that in the scriptures, that, uh, in, in my life, in church, in Sunday school. You're not going to teach me uh, on the job. You're not going to have that in instruction come in over the Internet into my house. This is Antichrist. And we need to be willing to stand up for Christ because of the fact we're against everything that's Antichrist. You say, well, where do you draw the line? It's Christ and Christ alone. That's where you draw the line. Anything that's not of Christ is out. Everything that's not of Christ is refused. Everything that's not of Christ is denied. Christ is the dividing line. You say, well, man, I just got friends and I got family. I, got I know that. You need to present Christ to them because they need to get out of the spirit of Antichrist. Well, let's bow for prayer. My God, I come to you. I thank you so much for this passage of Scripture. I'm thankful that we know Jesus as our Savior. I am thankful that we can be assured of the fact that heaven is our home, uh, God is real, and you're involved in our life in a personal way each and every day. And Lord, it's just as much as you're involved in our life each and every day, uh, there is uh, the evil one, there is the enemy, there is a deceiver, there is the Antichrist. Help us to have discernment, Lord to be able to identify the deceiver. Help us, Lord, to be able to have discernment so that we might be able to enjoy a just reward when we get in the presence of God. I pray, Lord, if there's somebody watching, right now they may be watching, they're not sure they're saved. I pray, oh God, that they would call on the name of Jesus Christ. For there is no salvation under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It's in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, they need to call on the Lord. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They need to believe with all their heart. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I pray if you're watching and you've prayed and you've asked the Lord to be your Savior, please call us or text us or email us or whatever you can uh, to let us know so that we can get in contact with you and help you to grow in your faith. Uh, you don't want to be consumed. You don't want to be condemned with the Antichrist. And so let's surrender everything that we are to the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.